Hey, this is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. Would really like to thank you for taking time to check out our podcast, our Sunday sermons, and our Wednesday night Bible studies. You can always share this, download it, or even find it on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. You can also find out about our church service times. We have our Sunday service at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located in the Market Media Building. It's located at 203 East College Avenue, Sweet C in Divine, Texas. Plus, if you need to get any other information from the church, you can do all of this at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's today's teaching. Alrighty, so Mark chapter 6, verses 14 through 29, I entitled this, A Lost Head and a Lost Soul. A Lost Head and Lost Soul, the Death of John the Baptist and the Fall of Herod. And so we'll look at it in three parts. We'll see Herod's haunted, haunted and confused in verse 14 through 16. Herod's perplexed but listened gladly in verses uh, 17 through 20. And then we'll see Herod's, uh, Herod orders John's execution in verse 21 through 29. So last week we left off as the, the apostles were, or the disciples were sent out uh, to go and, and, and minister to uh, the people. And they were uh, called to, um, to be sent and to, uh, to, to cast out uh, demons, and then this week, what we're going to see is we switch stories and we go to John the Baptist. Now, remember at the very beginning of the book of Mark, that was the first person that we come on the scene with was John the Baptist. And and this week, as we as we look at uh, the reports, one of the things that we will see is that Christ's ministry had already been made known to Herod Antipas. And so uh, now, big thing here is he's called King Herod, but he's not a king. He was just a tetriarch uh, of the area. So he actually, his dad was, uh, was a king, but when, when his dad passed away, his land got split up between the four uh, brothers. And, and so um, Herod Antipas actually became the tetriarch of, uh, of Galilee. And, and so, and then he had the, the we'll get into the, the relationship that he had with Herodias uh, as he took his uh, brother's wife. Uh, so the adulterous relationship. And so what brings us to this point is John the Baptist had denounced uh, the sin that, that um, not only Herod was in, but also Herodias. And he, he basically in Leviticus chapter 20, verse 21, it says, if a man takes his brother's wife at his impurity, he has uncovered his brother's nakedness. They shall be childless. And then in Leviticus 18.16, it says, You shall not uncover the nakedness of your brother's wife. It is your brother's nakedness. So what we see is we see that John the Baptist, and as we get into the story, John the Baptist had called out Herod and also Herodias and, uh, for their sin. And, and that's what they were dealing with. But when we pick this up, it's almost like a flashback. Uh, the events had already happened and Herod's kind of mulling them over in his head because his conscience is messed up. He's guilty and he has a guilty conscience and he feels bad. And uh, the sad part about it is that through all of that, there's no repentance. He just feels bad, kind of like Judas. And so as we get into it in verse 14, it says, King Herod heard of it 
uh, for Jesus' name had become known, some said. And so we see Herod's haunted and confused here in our first point. So Jesus' name had become known and, and fame had spread. He couldn't even go into the main cities anymore. He was having to go to the outlining areas. And so we know back in Mark chapter 1, verse 28, it says, And, and at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. And then also in Mark chapter 1, verse 45, But he went out and began to talk freely about it to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was also desolate places. Uh, people uh, were coming to him from every quarter. So, you know, we saw that he taught with authority. We saw that he was casting out demons. He was healing uh, sickness and, 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 you know, someone with leprosy and, and his fame had spread. And one of the things for us that we learned last week that was very important is uh, as the 72 had returned back in Luke chapter 10, verse 17, they had, they had said to Jesus, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And then in verse 20, uh, Jesus responds to them saying, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in, in, in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And so when we see that Jesus' name is supposed to be made known, it's not our name that's supposed to be made known, right? That's why, you know, we, when we do an outreach or we do an event like we do, it was to glorify God. And, and, you know, if people come to church, matter of fact, y'all can pray because we're supposed to meet with someone that we had met this week on Friday. We're supposed to have dinner with them and, and talk with them and, and, you know, we'll see what happens, you know, as, as things happen, you know. Uh, and, and I think we're going to try to meet up over here at the, the um, I'm forgetting, the food court Friday thing. And so, because they live right, up, right, right around the area. And so we're going to pray and, and talk with them. They had some questions, I guess, about Calvary Chapel and, you know, what it is and what we believe. And, you know, so we'll, we'll do that. And, and so, but one of the things that we do want to do is as we, as, as Jesus' name is made known, that's the name that we're supposed to be making known, right? Not our own. And it says in verse 14, as we move on to four, the second half of it, it says, Some said that John the Baptist had been raised from the dead. That is why the miraculous powers are at work in him. So King Herod had heard of Jesus' name being made known, but his servants are arguing about who Jesus is. And they're arguing about who Jesus is. They're saying that John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. And, and so uh, Matthew chapter 14, verse 2 says, And his servants, he said to his servants, This is John the Baptist. He has been raised from the dead. That is why these miraculous powers are at work here in him. And so Herod had feared John the Baptist. He was struggling with uh, what had happened with his encounter with John the Baptist. Uh, and then they, they move on and they say, uh, the serpents say, But others say he is Elijah. And others say that he is a prophet like one of the prophets of old. Now, what's real funny about uh, when you look at the Scripture, you look at the contradiction of, of uh, John the Baptist's life and Elijah's, right? Sadly, you know, Elijah had the, the Queen Jezebel that wanted to kill him, right? And, and so John the Baptist has Herodias, that wants to kill him. 
And, and so they, you see that parallel that happens between the two, and we'll get into that a little bit more as we get into the story. But it, also they, they thought maybe it was a prophet because it was, it, it was told to them in, in Malachi 4.5. It says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. But then we hear the response from Herod. But when Herod heard of it, he said, John whom I beheaded has been raised. And so Herod is haunted by this feeling because he's wrestling with what he has done wrong. He's wrestling with the, 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 the sin and the guilt. Uh, and, and it goes to show you it doesn't matter how much power or money that you have or, or how much influence you have. Your conscience, the Lord will penetrate your heart. And you'll, you'll either go to God or you won't. And, and what we see is he's thinking about one thing. And you can imagine it. Running over and over in his head is that platter with John's head on it. It's haunting him. And, and it's sad because that's, you know, that's where people, a lot of people will stay as they'll sit in that part of their sin. They just have a guilty conscience and, and it sears, and, 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 but nothing really happens about it. Uh, our second point, we look at Herod's perplexed and but gladly listens to John. In verse 17 it says, For it was Herod who had sent and seized John and bound him in prison. And for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because he had married her. So according to the historical accounts, Herod and his wife Philip had, had visited Rome. Uh, they visited Philip and Herodias, and then that's when the adulterous relationship began. As early as that. And then they end up getting married. Uh, and, and so John, that's why I read you those two verses about your brother's wife. You know, you're, you're, it's a sin. It was a sin in the Old Testament. It's a sin today. Uh, adultery is a, a, a major problem. And, and, and I would go on to say this and make sure you understand this. Any kind of sexual morality that's done in a marriage, uh, you're looking at pornography or something like that, that is just straight up adultery. You're lusting after another woman. And, and so these things happen today, unfortunately. And, and um, you know, that's what John was, was sharing with them. He was sharing truth with them. But we see that he was in prison. John, you know, Herod had bound John up and, and put him in prison. And one of the things that we do know through Scripture is we know that John struggled with doubt while he was in prison. It was in the book of Matthew, chapter 11, verses 2 through 6. It says, Now when John heard in prison about the deeds of Christ, he sent word by his disciples, and he said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Leopards are cleansed, and the deaf hear and the dead are raised up, and the poor give, have, have good news preached to them, and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. So what Jesus gives back to the disciples to take to John is actually Scripture. Hey, everything that's, that was the Messiah was supposed to do is, is being done. You baptize the, wrong, the, the right person. Your, your doubt is, is, is running wild because your doubt is... You're in a place where your mind is 
just going 100 miles a minute. You're in jail. You can't do anything else. And so his doubt is, is going and, and he sends... This is very important for us. When we're doubting something, who does John go to? Jesus. He sends his disciples to go talk to Jesus. That's the same thing for us. It's like, what, what a friend we have in Jesus. Great song for this morning to remind us no matter what doubt that you're going through, because there is a lot of things that we doubt today in this world, you have Jesus. And if you want to calm your heart, that's what God's Word is for. That's why we have prayer. That's why we have fellowship. It's, it's, that's who we should go through. And it's also to remind us, John the Baptist was a man of God and he doubted. Okay? He doubted. He struggled. But who did he go to? Jesus. That's something for us to remember as well. In verse 18 it says, John had been saying to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. So one of the things he's telling uh, Herod is like, hey, uh, you're in sin. You're missing the mark. It's, it's like that, that, that and I know, I've heard it explained before, that it's somebody that's doing archery, and no matter how good of an archer they are, and they try to shoot that arrow to hit that bullseye, they never hit, the, they don't even hit the, the, the little circle thing. I don't know what that's called. But they don't even hit that mark. They come up short. And, and that's what sin does. And one of the things I love about this is it's a reminder to us, no matter how much power you have, no matter how much privilege you have, no matter how much money you have, sin affects everybody. It, it affects everybody. And, and you have to remember, this, this man also murdered his kids. Right? Uh, they used to have a saying that it was, it was better to be Herod's pig than Herod's son. Because he, just, he would just get rid of you. And, and that's the problem with sin is we think it doesn't have impact on anybody else around us, but it does. You know, uh, we'll make excuses for the sin. It doesn't matter. It's my choice. I should be able to do what I want to do. Uh, you know, it's, it's my, my body. I, I should be able to do that. Or, or, you know, I owe it to myself to, to be happy. I've heard that one before. I owe it to myself to be happy and be happy in sin. You know what sin is? It's selfish. It's selfish. And to think that, that your sin, you know, doesn't affect anybody else but you is a joke. And sin is, is, is like a, a spider's web. It, it, it entangles everybody. And you go, well, it's just my sin. No, it, it, your family gets entangled in it. Your friends. Sometimes your co-workers. Your mess. You know, and, and that's the thing. is Sin has an impact, and that's why we need to deal with it. And so he's telling Herod, hey, you're missing the mark. But he also told Herodias, too. Y'all are both in sin. And, and what's sad is Herod could have repented. King Herod, right? <laughs> Who's not a king. I want to share something with you that's very important. As I was studying this this week, something that stood out to me is King David. King David had an adulterous relationship, remember? King David had somebody killed, remember? 
What is King David known for? A man after God's own heart. Why? Because he repented. Herod had the same opportunity, but he didn't repent. He would have been forgiven. That's why, you know, at the end of the day, it's like you go, well, Christians are perfect. No, they're not. Look at David. They're not. David saw something, wanted something, divulged his sight, committed adultery, killed the husband, hid it. But it's not hidden from God. Same thing with, with John the Baptist. John, God, God put that on John's heart and John shared it. Shared truth. That's why I love John. John, is, John didn't have... He didn't do miracles. He didn't cast out demons. He didn't do any of those things. He didn't do any of those things. He just gave God's Word. He gave truth. That was it. He just preached truth. But we, we need to be like David. When we're in sin, that's one of the things that Psalm 51 goes over as David's actually dealing with his sin. It says in Psalm 51, 1, it says, have, have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. I love that because it's God's mercy. No matter where you're at, God loves you. and God, You just repent and God forgives you. You know, and, and I think that's, that's part of the problems that people deal with is they think I'm too far gone and you're not. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I, I know my transgressions. He's, he's confessing them. And my sin is, is ever before me. Against you only I have sinned. That's the part that people don't get. Is against you I've sinned. God, you need to get right with God first. You know, a lot of times what will happen is, is we'll have something happen within a marriage or we'll have something happen within uh, people within the church. And first thing they want to do is apologize to the person. You ask them, well, did you repent? No. It's like you, the first person you need to get right with is God. When we're in sin, we're, we're, against, we're going against God. And so that's why I love he says that. He says, against you only. I have sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth iniquity and sin. Uh, did my mother conceive me? Behold, you delight truth inward, uh, inward being and you teach me wisdom and the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. And so we are to repent. It tells us in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We, we have to understand that it's bringing it to the light. And, and uh, a lot of times at the end of the day, people don't want to give it up. And, and we're going to see this is one of the things that, that Herod doesn't want to do. He doesn't want to give up the sin. He wants to keep doing it. And when we do that, when we continue to deny that it's sin, we're, we're, we're basically calling God a liar. 
at that point. Because it's a sin. It says in verse 19, And Herodias had grudge against him and put, uh, wanted to put him to death, but she could not. Now, this is very important because when someone has a grudge against you and they allow it to fester, right? They allow it to fester. It is, they're, they're allowing their sin now. Not only are they in sin, but now they're, they're allowing anger. Uh, anger turns to what? Wrath. She wanted him murdered. So she, she now goes to wrath. So she's allowed that, that grudge, which actually means in the Greek to hold on, uh, to hold in or hold upon to keep ensnared. So it's ensnaring her. Just like the sin we talked about, the web that gets, gets wrapped up. And, and realistically, she could have dealt with her sin too when John shared the truth with her, right? She could have dealt with her sin, but she didn't want to. And what we see is we, we continue to see the attitude revealed throughout the Scripture. I'll let the train go by. And I think one of the things that's big on here is that Herodias had a grudge against him. This is very important. Notice she has a grudge against the person giving her what? Truth. And sometimes when we're at church or we're at a... Uh, you may have family members that have had somebody share the truth with them and who they get mad at. The person who shared the Bible with them. Right? They get mad at, at the person sharing the Bible. And, and that's what happens sometimes. So when somebody's in sin and they get mad at you, don't take it personal. Right? It's, it's because at the end of the day, what it is, is they're, they're upset because the truth has been revealed. The Holy Spirit has, has shown them in their heart. So there are times when you can talk to a family member and you share something with them and they get angry with you. And it's okay. It's okay. This is part of ministry. I mean, we have people that we know. You know their lifestyle. You know what they're going through. You know what they, but when they ask you, is this a sin? And you go, okay, here, here's what God's Word says. And you share that with them. And who do they get mad at? You for answering it. It happens. That's what happened here. Herodias was mad at who? John. She's mad at John. She ain't mad at God. She's mad at John. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 through 27. This is a verse that I've heard many times in marriage counseling, but it's not a marriage counseling verse. This is for us, for everyone. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. You're not supposed to allow that stuff to fester because what happens? You get up the next morning and you're what? You're stewing over it. You're upset. And you're, you're, you're still kicking it around. The same ideas. And you're, you're, you're allowing it now to, uh, to, to drive your day. You need to let it go. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Don't, don't allow yourself to fall into that trap. Give it to God. In verse 20 it says, For Herod feared John, knowing that he was a righteous and holy man, and he kept him safe. When he heard him, he was greatly perplexed, and yet he heard him gladly. 
first off, we see that Herod feared John. He feared him. He's sharing the Word of God with him, and he fears John because why? He knows John is righteous and holy. He's seen his life. His life matches what he says. And that's for us, too, as Christians. It should be the same way. But I love that it says, knowing, knowing that he was a righteous and holy man, he did what? He kept him safe. He could have had him killed as soon as he gave the truth to him. But the reason why he didn't is, in the next verse there, when he heard him, he was greatly perplexed, and yet he heard him gladly. He liked to hear him preach. He loved to go and listen to him preach. And can I tell you, that's today there's a lot of people that sit in church today that are perplexed, and they love to hear that pastor preach, but there's never been a change in their life. That's happening in our churches today. They love to hear a dynamic speaker. And, 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 and they'll sit perplexed. But as soon as they walk out the door, they go right back to their life. Right back to their life. And Herod's conscience would allow him to deal with John the way he probably should have in the first place was just to kill him. But he wouldn't do it because he knew John was a righteous and holy man. He feared John, which he should have been fearing God. But Herod had a debased mind. We talked about this last week in Romans chapter 1, verse 28. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. And so Herod had heard him gladly and, and, and you know, Sadly, you know, he sat through and listened to John preach, but never repented. Just continued to stay the way he was. In our final point, we see Herod's going to order the, uh, order the execution of John. And we're also going to see where Herodias, that grudge is going to continue, and she's going to get her way. But an opportunity came when Herod, and that's a very important Y'all need to make sure you catch that. But an opportunity came. The opportunities for who? Herodias. Herodias. Let me tell you something, man. Now I'll get to it in a little bit. Let me let me hold off because I'm I'm gonna. But an opportunity came when Herod on his birthday gave a banquet for his nobles and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. It's very important. Everybody's there. Herodias has not only the military leaders, the, the nobles, but uh, uh, the leaders of Galilee. And, and now she has everything in place to get what she wants in her day of opportunity to get John the Baptist. Now, it says here that uh, for when Herodias' daughter came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his guest, and the king said to the girl, Ask me for whatever you wish, and I will give it to you. Now, a couple quick things. The daughter's name was Salome, the daughter of Herodias. Normally, and this is, this is how messed up Herodias is. This is what happens when a woman is given up to a debased mind, when a man is given up to a debased mind. Uh, she allowed her daughter to dance sexually for the leaders, the military commanders, and the nobles of Galilee. This never would have happened. They would have hired somebody. 
But this is what she knows about her husband. How messed up his mind is. That he's going to, let's put my daughter out there. And, and, the, and the fact is, it's sad that a mother would even do this. But that's how bad the grudge is. That's how bad she wants John the Baptist killed. That's how bad this, this is where this is going. It's sad because at the end of the day, we see the same thing happening today on, on I remember reading an article on the Grammys uh, where they, they called it the, the, the most pornographic Grammy presentation ever this past year. And, and it had to deal with Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion and it had to deal with, with pornography basically on, on national TV. And you think those are somebody's daughters. Where did, where did it go wrong? Right? And we have to be very careful what we, what we do with our kids and how we raise them because at the end of the day, the, the influence here is the mother. She should be the one saying, uh-uh, you're not doing that. Right? But this is what happens when, you, when you're knee-deep in sin. It says that, uh, and she pleased Herod and, guessed, and the guest, and, and the king said to her, Ask me whatever you wish, and I will give it to you. And he vowed to, uh, to her, Whatever you ask me, I will give you up to half of my kingdom. Now Herodias has a public promise now. So she's going to get what she wants. She, she's going to take him out at this point. Because she knows that Herod's got to fulfill it. Right? Uh, because of all the people that are there. And, and then Salome goes out in verse 24, And she went out and said to her mother, For what should I ask? And she said, The head of John the Baptist. Now, we talked about the Old Testament counterpart, uh, Jezebel. Elijah was, Jezebel was trying to kill Elijah, right? Herodias was to Herod and Jezebel was to Ahab, right? Both Ahab and Herod were wicked men. But Jezebel and Herodias were wickeder. There's a picture on Time Magazine of the Duchess or whatever they are. They're not even part of the royal family anymore. But the, the, there's a picture of them on Time Magazine on the cover. And the girls in the front and the guys in the back crunch down like this. And I'm like, man, that's the posture of a woman leading the house. That dude, I don't know what he's doing. I mean, it's, at some point, you've got you to gotta take the reins. But what we see here is that, you know, Jezebel tried to kill Elijah, but Herodias is going to succeed in killing John the Baptist. Are there, are there evil women in the world? Yeah. You need to be careful. Because if they're knee deep in sin, they're going to try to drag you down into it as well. Because she's dragged her daughter, the husband, and then how many other people are tangled in this web now? Because of sin. And it says, and she immediately saying with, uh, with haste to the king, asking, said, I, I want you to give me, this is the daughter, Salome, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. Okay, so did, did Herodias ask for the platter? 
No, Salome did. So that shows you how evil Salome's heart is as well. I put it on a platter. I carry it around. And she was prompted by her mother. That's what it says in Matthew 14.8. And it just is, is sad because at the end of the day, uh, she wanted them served up on a platter. And, and, and verse 26, And the king was exceedingly sorry, but because of his oaths uh, and his guest, he did not want to break his word to her. This is a man of moral... Uh, who is a coward. Because he should have said, you know what, you can have half the kingdom and I'm not doing that. Because God, you know, John is a righteous and holy man. Take the half the kingdom. Right? But he's more concerned about people pleasing. Right? Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25 says, The fear of man lays a snare. But whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. So for us, we need to be very careful about people pleasing. The only person we need to please is the Lord. But Herod, he, he didn't want to look bad in front of his guest. And so immediately the king sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head, and he went and beheaded him in the prison and brought his head on a platter and gave it to the girl, and the girl gave it to her mother. And remember, all of this is happening at a birthday party. This is, a, this is not a birthday party I would want to attend. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is crazy. But then in verse 29 it says, And when his disciples heard of it, they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. And so, Matthew chapter 14, verses 12 tells us that they went and told Jesus. So they go, the disciples of John go and tell Jesus. And you, you can imagine that you know Jesus would have been Deeply moved to hear that, that, that John had been killed. But one thing we need to remember, John completed his calling. John had did everything he was called to do. He prepared the way. He was the messenger. He baptized Jesus. His ministry was complete. And yes, people of Christ can be persecuted and beheaded that's happening in unfortunately in Afghanistan today people in China I think the, the Christians were being arrested and being sold to work uh, you know think about the shoes that you're wearing because Nike and Adidas and they had a whole list of them they, they're, they, the, the people that were picked up of religions were sold to those communities and they work in those factories as slaves and, and so these persecution happens. And one of the things that we need to remember, I love what John says to his disciples in John chapter 3. It's kind of a, uh, like a closing for John as he's, as he's stepping back. In John chapter 3, verses 27, it says, John answered, A person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. You yourselves bear witness that I said I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoice greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this is joy of mine is now complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. His mission was complete. But when Jesus, we shared that verse at the very beginning, when, when Jesus tells them the lame 
the lame walk, the blind see, right? There's a second part to that verse is Jesus as the disciples are gone and Jesus shares about John the Baptist. In, in Matthew 11, verse 7, it says, And they went away and Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out to the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. And truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. That's what Jesus said. And the, the sad part about this story is we celebrate John the Baptist because we know where he is eternally. He may have lost his head, but he's, he's, he's with God. He's with Jesus. And Herod, we know where he's at too. He lost his soul. And so we see uh, a guilty conscience, someone wrestling and, with the haunting of a sin and nothing being done. And then we see Herodias who actually had a grudge who dove deeper into her sin. Right? She dove head first. So what's our application today? So first one, Herodias had a grudge against John the Baptist. Simply, are you holding a grudge against someone? So remember that verse. So if there's a family member or something, maybe there's... Look, I mean, I, I have a, an aunt from California. She's a little... She's a wild child. And, and she... Man, I don't know what it was. She just started attacking me online over everything. And I wasn't even saying... I wasn't posting anything on her site. wasn't doing anything. And I finally just was like, Lord, I, I'm going to have to step away from this for a little bit and, and just give her over to you. She's yours. She doesn't believe in God, sadly. But at the end of the day, one of the things we can't, I can't do is hold that grudge against her. And she said something really awful, you know, that was hurtful. And, and, but at the end of the day, she's, she doesn't know God. She doesn't have a relationship with Jesus. Uh, what's that saying? Hurt people hurt people, right? And so one of the things we need to remember, remember it's not just a verse for marriage. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 and 27, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Give it over to God. If you're upset with somebody, something's going on, uh, maybe you're upset that something happened with, I mean, even with us, we, you know, it, it's, it's life. You have grandkids, you have, you deal with son-in-laws and stuff like that. And, you know, you don't always agree on things, but you can at least love each other. Right? And don't hang on to something. That's, that's something that we need to remember. Second, Herod uh, didn't just suffer with sin, but he struggled with people-pleasing. And, and not pleasing God, for sure. Uh, one of the things I do want to ask is, do you worry about what people think about you to the point that it pushes you from doing the work that the Lord has called you to do? Uh, and we can do that. Uh, we can people please. And we have to be very careful with that. 
Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25 says, The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. We need to put our trust in the Lord, and, and, uh, and the only person you need to please, or the, the only one you need to please is Jesus. That's it. And then lastly, Herod felt sorry about what happened to John to the point he was wrestling with it in his conscience. He knew that John was a holy and righteous man. Is there a sin in your life that needs to be confessed? And, and that's just between you and God. Remember in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, it says, For the freedom of Christ has set us free. Stand firm. Oh, love that when it does that. Stand firm. Uh, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Confess your sin. You know, that's something that we should be doing on a daily basis. Uh, keeping a short sin list, and, and, and then when we stumble, we need to own it and repent. Remember that, that sin is cast as far as from the east to the west. And, and be careful because you read this scripture and you look at Herodias, it can very well be a man that can do the same thing. You know, a grudge is a grudge, and you need to be careful when there are people that are like that in your life because they're going to try to ensnare you into sin. Or they're going to come after you, and you just give them over to the Lord, they belong to God. Or that they don't belong to God, Lord, allow them to become yours. But don't get in the mud with them. Because uh, you see how Herodias, this thing had taken over her life to the point where she was going to get him. And she ended up getting them. And it's a sad place to be. And, and that's what sin does. That's what a debased mind does. And also, let's go ahead and close up in prayer. Uh, Father God, we thank you so much for today. We do pray and just ask, Lord, that you be with us as we study about John the Baptist. And we think, what a great life that uh, a man that shared truth that gave God's word and, and uh, stood, stood on truth and, and just stood firm in that, Lord. And, and even though he was persecuted, he was killed. Uh, we, we even know that a, a, an unrighteous, unholy man feared him knowing that he was a righteous and holy man. And I pray that's, that's what we would be. That's what we would strive to be, Lord, that we would pursue righteousness, pursue holiness, that that's what we would be known for in our lives, in our families, uh, in this city, and in this church. We thank you so much for all that you're doing in Divine. We lift up this city to you. Uh, we do pray for, uh, for the businesses and, and those businesses within our, our congregation, Lord. We lift those up to you as well. We pray for the Buckner family as well and just lift up theirs. And uh, we just ask, Lord, that you just continue to keep providing for them. Uh, we know that there are a lot of families that are hurting, and, um, and we just think about just the, the food bank and, and uh, the line that was there. We pray uh, for those families that are in need that they would, you know, reach out to the Divine Food Pantry, or I think the next food bank is October 4th, that they would uh, come to that. And uh, we do pray for our nation. We lift up our leaders in, in this country, and we just pray, Lord, uh, at the end of the day that uh, we ask for men that are righteous, women that are righteous and holy, uh, that would be politicians that would do the right thing. And uh, it seems like it's so far from where we're at, but 
we just ask for that. We thank you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless.